Devin and Morgana have been celebrating midlife love by getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. They believe grown-up love gets better and more fun, especially for women. Everyone's smarter, wiser. Men are more relationship-ready. And if they're not, it's obvious. Forget anything you were told about being too old or too late for love and adventure. Instead, get fresh new tips on dating, relating, and travel to exotic destinations. And best of all, call in for personal guidance, creating crazy, sexy midlife love in your life. Welcome to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. I am Morgana. This is my husband, Devin. And we have been married seven years as of this last Sunday. Um, what have you learned from seven years of marriage, my husband? Um, that uh, we can do this. You know, we can keep doing this. We, you know, things are good. Our lives are good. When I take stock of my life, you know, there's loads of things I can point at and go, well, that sucks or these other things. But in general, life is pretty good. You know, and I'm just like, all right, I look around. OK, books, lots of books on the bookcases, you know, things are OK. Life is life is, uh, you know, could always be a little bit better. But for the most part, you know, blessed. I, You know, it was funny. This is I went out with my buddies. Can I share this story? Oh, yeah. I went out with my buddies. For the first time in years. And these are guys that well, I see. Well, it's since before COVID. Before COVID. So normally what we do is three or four times a year, we'd have sort of like a guy's night. And I know all their wives and their kids and all that stuff for many, many years. And uh, so we didn't do that at all last year. And so uh, we went out to this fancy steak uh, uh, dinner. And I don't even remember why I was telling without Without wives. Oh, without wives. Yeah, no, that had nothing to do with the story. Of why no, it had this. to do with uh, middle age. Middle age. Oh, well, yeah, no, that. Okay, so, so we came back, but that wasn't why I was telling the story, but I'm going to tell that story because, you know, I'm leaving the house and these are guys that we would go out, we'd go have drinks and then we would go, you know, whatever, we'd go play poker until four o'clock in the morning and, you know, we'd be up all night. And so, you know, I said to my wife as I was leaving, uh, you know, I said, well, I'll be back late. She goes, well, I'll see you around nine, which was very insulting. And true. And true. Because I <laughs> ended up, because it took a half hour to get home and I got here at 930. Yeah. So we were all sort of like, okay. Welcome to middle age. You know, bedtime. <laughs> Party late. But that wasn't the story. That wasn't the story. I can't um, remember what the story is, though. So middle aged, more middle aged. Right. Doubly middle aged. But happier. That's that's what nobody told me. I, I actually find this whole like aging process to be way more amusing than I anticipated. And I like older people more and more. Yeah, no, I do too. Yeah. Why, why is that, husband? Well, because there's just a different uh, intensity level on things. A lot of the intensity about things and pieces, like you've already walked through most of this stuff you know, financial insecurities and, and just general logistics of life. Uh, you know, like the first time you do it, everything is highly charged. And then maybe a few subsequent times, it's sort of highly charged. And all of a sudden, one day you wake up and it's just like, ah, you know. 
well, more more of the nonsense and you just walk through it and it's fine. And when things are highly charged, because really dramatic stuff happens, especially over the last year, illness, financial anxiety. I mean, all of that still happens, but there's more water under the bridge. There's the sense of I have survived a lot of stuff before I can get through this. It's it's just different. I also have um, an appreciation for the wisdom of people who've been on the planet a really long time that, man, did I not see when I was young. <laughs> and, you know, and I, all those, all those movies, those like teen movies that we grew up with where the, the parents are just the know nothing comical characters. And, and I'm rooting for the parents now. I, I have a lot more empathy for the parents. Right. Well, because who wants who wants to be the boring slug who says no? But usually the no part is the part that's actually the most useful. Right. It's like, like not now. Wait another day or another yeah, week. Yeah. Don't another year. do that stupid thing. How do I right. know it's stupid? Because I did it. Right. Well, but that's but ultimately that's the problem. Ultimately, the problem is is that you don't know any better, and it feels good in a moment. And you want to run with the feelings and all that, like that, exactly. <laughs> like, ooh, that shimmy over this, this feeling and these things and we run out and do it. And yeah, it, it, makes for a, it makes for a funny story, but it doesn't necessarily make for a happy life well, or a consistent life. And just to be fair, like we run after feelings and adventure all the time now like that's why we love to travel and and i love to try weird things that might scare somebody else go to azerbaijan where okay great you know i just uh there's still plenty of room for fun and adventure and excitement and experience so we're not dead but there's less unintended consequence on the other end does that make that you know what I'm talking about? Well, the less unintended, the less unintended consequences happen because you are much more mindful of the consequences for starters. Yeah. You're much more mindful that the things that can go wrong. So you're more likely, even if it's in a small way, are going to make your decision consciously rather than unconsciously, which I think is really important. In other words, if you just make a completely unconscious decision, hey, that girl over there is the cutest girl and she's, I want to make her mine. Great. That's, that's a wonderful thing. But then if you speak to her and you find out that she has like, like clearly a host of problems that you may not be equipped or want to deal with. And then you say, oh, but it doesn't matter because she's cute. And oh my God. all then then that's where the rub that's the rub i was the girl who was i will save him i will make up for all the pain and love he never experienced before right he's a disaster i and i and i see a project and right like, but he's your disaster <laughs> right he's, you're claiming his and disaster. there was and there came a time where it's just like life is too short for other people's disasters i've been on that ride i can write the dissertation i don't have to do it again right and it's not fun anymore no. it's exhausting and it is so, exhausting. so the reason I want to bring that up is, oh, and our guests 
our guests are here, so we will introduce them in a second. Um, is, you know, we're talking about crazy sex and midlife love, and here we're sounding like really boring fuddy-duddies. But the thing is, is I think that, that we get to play more now because we don't have to pay as high a price on the other end because we've already paid those prices so we don't have to go on those those bad rides anymore and now we get to just do the amazing miraculous cool stuff that we know is going to make us happy together so maybe we should introduce and admit yes. our guests yes so and then do that okay I am really, really excited about today's guests from both a personal perspective and also because I think that they're going to be great for the show and I'm really, really interested to hear what they have to say. But so we are bringing on Noah and Babette St. John. I know Noah better because I've known Noah personally for about 15 years. He's a coach like I am. And we met at a live event of a, a mutual coach of ours. 15 years ago, but here's what's so weird. Okay. So he's a dude and I'm not, but he and I both danced professionally for the Boston ballet company, but wait, there's more Then we both got degrees in religion from small liberal East coast colleges next to each other in the pioneer Valley in Western Massachusetts, but wait, it gets better. And then we became failed actors and then we became successful coaches, which, you so know. Does he have a degree in waiting? <laughs> yes, apparently. No, you should, you should okay. admit him. And so then you can I, have this well, conversation so he knows I, that we're I here. Want to, I want to introduce him professionally now and Babette both. Because I know Noah better, but that doesn't mean he's more important than Babette. So let me introduce Noah St. John is known by many as the Millionaire Habits Coach, and he is CEO of SuccessClinic.com, a global peak performance and business growth company. Babette St. John is the Client Success Director for SuccessClinic.com, and together they work with Hollywood celebrities eight-figure company CEOs, professional athletes, executives, entrepreneurs. They help their clients create healthy boundaries, improve communication, and get more time away from work. And they have a book, Noah's new book, Get Rid of Your Head Trash About Money. You can get that free at sendmeabooknoah.com. So that is their introduction and now we are welcoming Noah and Babette. Nice. Hi. Hi there. there. Hey, it's been a while. Noah, Babette, meet my husband, Devin. Hi, Hi Devin. It's very nice to meet Great you. Great to meet nice you. Meeting you. So we just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary, but you guys win. You beat us 10 years. 10 Whoa. years. Whoa. Yep. Very exciting. Yes. But it's, and, and you've got like your big, gorgeous house in... I think Ohio or something. Northeast Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yay. Life is good. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, life is good. <laughs> so you published a piece on 10 things that you learned from 10 years of marriage. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, I need to get you guys on the show. <laughs> so <laughs> how would you like to present your 10 things? 
Oh, well, however you like to do it. I mean, we can talk about each point. We can, you know, discuss however you like, um, whatever, whatever you want to do. We can well, dive, how, dive right how about, in. How about we start with one? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. One. So lesson number one, what I, what I said about uh, the 10 lessons that I've learned from 10 years of marriage, the first and most important lesson is find someone who gets you. All right. Mm. So the point is that, you know, each of us is, is looking for, of course, that that special person, right? That that completes us, to use Jerry Maguire's language, right? You complete me. But um, I, I mean, when I was dating prior to meeting Babette, I would date, you know, girls and I would say something that I just thought was absolutely hilarious. And they go, what the heck was that? And I go, oh, brother, you know, never mind, forget it. And so it reminded me of that scene in When Harry Met Sally. Remember that movie? And, and Billy Crystal is talking to Matt Ryan about a date that he went on. And he said a joke that the other girl didn't get. And Meg Ryan laughed at it. And so that's the point. So, you know, in my post, what I wrote was that that bet is my Meg Ryan only way hotter. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, way, so expertly played. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. Well and, played. True. All of that. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And so, I mean. You know, that's what we're all looking for. So, again, I'm speaking to the people, of course, who, you know, may be looking for that special someone. And if you're already in a relationship, well, naturally, you got to make sure that it is, you know, someone who gets you because, hey, we all have our our, our quirks, our, our things that we think are funny and, and maybe others don't so much. Another, by the way, uh, a great way to do this is uh, is is through what women very often do and men i don't know if they do it enough so maybe i'm speaking to the men here more than the women for the moment but is make sure you you test them okay and here's what i mean women are always testing men right devin you know this and every man listening to this program knows that we're always getting tested but, every day no matter how but long it's a you're secret married. i right, think it's exactly. a secret the women think it's a secret oh yeah <laughs> right it's so it's so subtle right you know and so my point is that like uh that was the, the test is the joke test but also the rap test mm. because i love doing rap and one of the tests that i would do is when i would do a rap what was her response and usually before babette their response was and i went okay forget <laughs> He's a great it great rapper so i was in the car so we'd been dating for a while you know when we met and we were dating so i put in a will smith cd and i said okay this is a big test here so i started rapping to will smith right and which i just do in my sleep anyway and so i was like okay this is it right and then at the end of the at the end of the song i looked at her this was in the car right so i'm like oh boy this is it and she goes oh my god that was so awesome can you do that for my son and i'm like sold <laughs> done so that was it yeah, he's a great rapper. Well, anyway, so find someone who gets you. That's lesson number one. <laughs> Did you have any criteria on sort of like how to know when somebody gets you? Because that well, could be a very personal thing. Absolutely. Well, for me, it was the joke test and the rap test. Those were the two most important things. Now, I did have a laundry list of what I wanted, you know, in, in a woman. And she had to be blonde. Check. She had to be shorter than me because I'm not that tall. And I have, you know, my big ego in pictures, I have to look tall, right? So I can't stand tall women. And I'm like, no, that's not going to work, right? Because no, I, I look short. And I'm like, forget it. So luckily, she's 5'3", 5'2", 5'1", and a half. So she, she's petite. I was giving you a little extra credit. Oh, uh, but, you know, I'm not that I'm not that tall. So I'm like, so see, next to her, I look tall. See, in all my pictures. Uh, so... 
and anyway, I just went on like that. And I, of course, I wanted a beautiful figure, which she has. Uh, and so all of those things. So, you know, I had a long list and she checked every box. So it was pretty awesome. It took a long time, though. It took a long so, but, time. So, so to defend, well, not to defend Babette, I, no doubt she can do that herself. But <laughs> Babette, did you have your own sort of criteria of, oh, yes. being, you know, of him getting you? Well, it took me four times to meet the right one. And uh, Noah listens. I, I love that. He actually listens to me. And he actually um, can complete what I was saying. So that was, <laughs> that was awesome. And that I love my kids. And my son was, what, 10? He was 10, 11. 10, 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just, and my twin daughters were in their 20s. So Noah was really good at um, bringing the family together. So it was it was really nice, and still is. I mean, every day seems like you know the first time, first time with him. But he he listens, and that's the and takes walks with me, and um, that was very important. Did you Beth, that know what you were looking for? Did you have your own list of criteria ahead of time? I had to be, he had to be tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> dark Check. hair. Okay, I guess. <laughs> all right, good. I'll, I'll take it. That was easy. No, um, really, it was uh, bringing out the best in me, too. Listening to me. Um, my kids were in a lot of, uh, I, they had some uh, health issues. So mm-hmm. he was a great supporter. And um, and listening to my kids. I mean, he just, he he's a great uh I want to say helper, you know, a supporter and makes me laugh, makes me smile, but takes the time with me. That was very important. I have a question getting off our top 10. Um, Mm -hmm. What needed to change within each of you to make you ready to find your person? Yeah, for me, Morgana, it was really a question of I was accepting um, crumbs. I was I was really accepting crumbs. And that meant that, you know, if any girl paid any attention to me whatsoever, you know, that was it. And and because as a kid, I, you know, in my teenage years, I had Coke bottle glasses. I had a face full of acne. I had uh, not shoulder length hair, but shoulder width hair. I was a skinny, scrawny nerd. And so I couldn't get a date to save my life. And so I went through that awkward stage from age 15 to 40. And so uh, basically, I had no self-esteem at all. And so when I was right before I met her, I was in a very, very abusive relationship. She was abusive to me and uh, not physically, but mentally and emotionally. And so and I was with her and this sucks. I was with her for four and a half years. So I took that shit for four and a half years because I had no self-esteem. And so this is one of the messages that we, you know, when we work with couples, like we do something called the couples retreat, where we actually work with couples to help them improve their relationships, their marriage, you know, get, get that spark back, uh, whatever that might look like for each uh, couple. But my point is that, you know, that was one of the things for me, having no self-esteem, I just accepted crumbs. And so I was in this got off a relationship for four and a half years before I finally got the courage to leave her. And so for me, it was saying, who the hell am I? 
And why do I have to accept crumbs? What, what is that all about? Why, why do I always get the short end of the stick? And of course, it was me accepting that, right? And it's so, like a negative I had, affirmation. Exactly. And so, I had to work on myself doing all the inner work, of course, that I have been teaching other people for 20 plus years. Isn't that annoying? It's annoying as hell. It's the worst in the world. So anyway, that's what it was for me, was doing all that inner work. Because, And I'll be honest, I really, really hadn't focused on relationships. I was really focused on my business and growing my business. And so when I was with that person, um, you know, that's what I was focused on. But of course, ironically, my business sucked too, right? So that nothing was working. It was all awful. And you know what I mean? So that gutting out of that relationship was the turning point for me. And then finding Babette, who, I mean, when I met her, she was so beautiful. She was so loving. She was so fun, funny. And just talk about a great listener. She's a great listener. And she lets you be yourself. And she allows each person that she's with, whether it's me or our clients, I see our clients just glow, you know, when they're around her, even if it's on the phone or on Zoom. I mean, she just makes, brings out the best in people. And she's always done that. I mean, since I've known her and I'm sure since long before I knew her. But my point is that I went, can anybody really be this good? And number one, and number two, I said, well, there's no way in hell she's going to want to be with me. Right. So um, when I called her to go on our first date, I absolutely expected her to reject me. I knew she would, right? Because I'm like, I'm this scrawny, skinny, ugly, funny-faced guy. You know, that was the still the picture I had of myself in my head. And so I said, of course, she's going to reject me. I said, well, I said, hey, would you like to, you know, would you like to go out? She said, sure. And I went, huh? What? <laughs> what? It's, this is me, Noah, you're talking to. Yeah, I know. I'd, I'd love to go out. So I was totally shocked. So men... For all of you men out there, if you're looking for the right person, and also, of course, for the women, um, take that chance, right? That's the lesson. Take a chance. If you're, if you're still looking for that right one, take a chance. You never know. And don't listen to that voice in your head that says, oh, I'm not good enough. That was what so, it was for me. So can I, can I ask you, because you said a lot of really important things in this description just here. By mm -hmm. the way, riddled with acne myself, all of those kinds of things, definitely identified with what you were talking about. But you talked about sort of like, here's all of these things that you're looking out into the world and going, oh, this is no good and it's terrible. And at some point you sort of turned inward. What was the turning point for you? And for me, it tends to be sort of like what I what a dear friend of mine says is a slight shift in perception leads to great change. And to me, a lot of this stuff that we deal with just as people. And I think one of the things that we absolutely start getting over, over as we get older is these impressions of ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Not good enough, tall enough, right. interesting, attractive, all of those kinds of things. So right. what was the thing? Was there a moment for you where all of a sudden it's like, where it just kind of clicked into place? You know, what was that moment? Yes, absolutely. So getting out of that abusive relationship. That was my rock bottom for relationships. I've had other rock bottoms like for my life or my business, but that was my rock bottom for relationships. Um, and the other thing, of course, as I, I mentioned, you know, my business and my relationship was very tied together. So she actually put me in $40,000 of credit card debt, which mm -hmm. again, I allowed that to happen. So I'm not playing the victim. I'm just saying I 
was dumb enough to stay in that relationship for all that time and let her take advantage of me. So again, for the lesson is for all the men and all the women is you've got to realize, which I did not, I did not realize that I had any value. I really had no person there ever to show me that I had value. So when I met Babette, and she is the most loving person that I've ever met, and she saw me and saw value in me, it was really hard. It was really hard because it had never, I mean, and I was in, I was 40 years old. I was 40 years old when I met her. So it was a long, 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 long time of shit, (laughs) of nothing, of awfulness. And so I guess the, the, you know, to answer your question, Devin, so, so the inner work that I did, the main thing was, yes, I definitely used my own affirmations method, Morgana, which you mentioned earlier. And of course, I've written lots of books about here. These are some of the books that I've written uh, and uh, the, the book of affirmations and affirmations.com for those of you who aren't familiar with my affirmations method. But I did, of course, use affirmations. What was funny you and you did, too. And what was funny about that was, as I mentioned earlier, I just hadn't been using them in my relationships. I just forgot. Isn't that ironic, right? It's like, hello, uh, I teach all these, I teach all these things and I forgot these are for myself. So once I started a forming and, and by the way, I was also living in New England at the time when I left that other relationship. So I had to move here to Ohio and that didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I knew one person here, a friend of mine, Scott, who we we're fellow speakers uh, we had spoken at an event and he said to me on the phone, we're talking on the phone. He said, wait, why don't you move to Ohio? It'll be fun. Yay. And I said, Ohio, fun, Ohio, fun. I'm not getting it. I don't get it. And, but something inside of me, right, just said, dude, you're, you're supposed, that's where you're supposed to be. And I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Right. So, again, what's the lesson? The lesson is, hey, sometimes you got to do things that your head say doesn't make any sense. But your gut or your instinct or your higher self, whatever you want to call it, says, yep, this is where to go. And I got here and I, I did. I knew one person, my friend, Scott, he introduced me to one of his friends and that friend introduced me to Babette. So literally it was three weeks after moving here that I manifested. And we've been our, together ever since. Well, 14 years now. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, wow. a, that's an incredible story. Uh, did you at least move to Cleveland? Hell no. <laughs> no. I moved to the, the wonderful city of, well, we're not, where we're now in is North Canton. But prior to that, it was Norton. And then we bought a house in green and then we just bought this. Well, it's a 6,000 plus square foot. We have to call it, you know, a mansion, a basically. <laughs> it's like a Barbie house and it's a, we call it success manor. Because like a heart-shaped tub. I saw the photo. I know, right? A heart-shaped, what's a jacuzzi tub even. It's a pretty <laughs> awesome. To, at the end of a hard day at the office, you're just going to the jacuzzi tub, the heart-shaped jacuzzi tub with the wife. And a it steam is shower. Pretty awesome. A sauna. And a sauna. A koi pond in the back. So, so all of a sudden, you know, I was sort of tongue in cheek when I was talking about Ohio just a moment ago. All yeah. of a sudden, it doesn't sound all that bad. I, I know, right? I know. Are it's you, amazing. Are, it's awesome. are, are you a big football fan? Because isn't that where they have the Hall of Fame? Yeah, we're, we're 10 minutes right from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's a wonderful thing. In fact, uh, my dad's going to be visiting soon. We're going to have a you know father-son time at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So any of you watching or listening to this program, you know, Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's a, it's a great, uh, if, you, if you're a football fan, you know, it's, it's Mecca, right? It's, it's, uh, it's a great, great place. They do a great job. Mm, excellent. I have family in Ohio, so that's where my father was for his final years. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous state. Yes, we love it. Especially love when it. I'm in LA and you go to Ohio and it's not a desert; it's green. There's green <laughs> stuff there. 
We, we have lots of green here and, uh, you know, birds and butterflies and in the backyard. So we, we and, and we say all the time, this is this is pretty awesome because we were going to we were thinking about going to Vegas or someplace. And we're like, why? This is this is pretty amazing. So, yeah, the winters we, aren't even bad. Not anymore. <laughs> so. Lesson number two. Oh my God, that was just one? Holy crap. Yes. Yeah, Holy we, we crap. To, All right, we better yeah, speed this up because, oh yeah, my God. By this the way, is we have seven forever. minutes to do the other nine. No, that's yeah, right. Kidding. Exactly. That's All right, ready? Uh, all right. Well, anyway, lesson two is what I said is laugh together. And, and that, I mean, I don't know any relationship, you know, gurus, experts who would, who would not say that, right? I mean, laughing is, it, it is, it is, Feeling. it's the best medicine. There's no way around it. And what I wrote in my post, for those of you curious, is, you know, we don't exactly have the same sense of humor. Like, for example, I grew up on Monty Python and she's like, what the hell is a Monty Python? You know, what? and I'm like, what? I was. Yeah. She, and and I, I showed it country. to her and she's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, I, I tried to explain it to her. I'm like, you know, I, I watched you, it, you like, pretty much had to be there in the 70s. Like in the 70s, it was hilarious. But now it, it doesn't. It, it didn't quite age as well as you think, right? So the point is, you got to make sure that you find things you laugh about together, you know. So we we do. We we find you know we watch movies and and TV shows that we laugh together. And and if we don't laugh together, we just find something else. You know, it's not worth it. You know. Oh, I think it's hilarious. Well, it's not. I don't get but it. We can okay. go to the store find something else. and have fun. I mean, it's it's connecting with the right partner. And um, like I said, it took me a while to find someone with you know, that has those qualities, but, um, every day is an adventure, but find things to laugh about. That's the right. thing. Find things that make you happy because it's very easy to focus on things that get you depressed. Right. I mean, just turn on the news and it's easy to get depressed. So just find those things that, that, that make you smile to make you laugh and then do them together. So can, can I ask Babette a question? Sure. What was the thing? Like, when did you know? So all of a sudden Steve showed, or pardon me, uh, Noah, Noah shows up uh, just or out Steve, of the Steve, whatever. You can, uh, <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I don't know where that came from. And I knew that. Um, so Steve! It is... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's quite all right. When okay, did you he, know? He married. We had a marriage ceremony where I was called by a totally different name. No. Yeah, in, nice. in the, the medieval one. In, nice. uh, uh, well, that wasn't by me. Okay. That was by our Latin <laughs> Vulgari hosts, which would have been pretty terrible. Yeah, that that would not have been good. All right. So moving on. How did you know that Noah was the guy for you? Was there a moment in the dating? Like how there, soon did it? There was a moment. The very very first time that I met Noah. <clears throat> first of all, I love the name Noah. I'm, I I love the Bible, and I'm very spiritual, and uh, I never met a lot a real Noah. And so um, he had a purple shirt on. And the very first day I met him, I swear it was like angel singing. There was just a light in the doorway. I'm not making it up. And he had this purple shirt on and he just glowed. And I went, I knew from that moment on, I fell in love with him. So this was before he asked you out. Right. Well, on the phone, when he was talking, I loved his voice because you can hear in someone's voice, the tone and um, a little bit about a person. Right. And I have, I'm very, uh, I have intuition. 
So talking on the phone, I, there was just a, an awesome feeling, <clears throat> you know, in his voice. And I could hear him that when he goes to speak, I, uh, I love listening to Noah and I could hear him say the same thing over and over and over again, <laughs> but I love his voice. And I think that's very important too, is to um, find things that you love about the person and keep them. You know what I mean? Like when you get upset at each other or something like that, you just think of those awesome things, the voice or, or uh, the cute things. And then it, you know, it's not so bad. You know what I mean? I agree. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> but um, I like having a halo. Why not? <laughs> no, when, uh, when you walked into the room, there is just something about that. And uh, I fell in love with him from that moment on. What can I say? Yeah. I did swept you off his feet. Yeah. Did you did you have a similar experience, Noah? Well, I mean, I, I knew she was very beautiful. And like I said, I never thought she'd be interested in me. So I, I absolutely thought she was out of my league. So, I mean, I was very attracted to her. And then as we were talking, I'm like, I really liked her. So those are two different things, of course. You know, you can there's can be a very good looking person, whether a male or a female. And then you start talking to him, you're like, you know, not so much. Right. And so I'm sure we've all had that experience. So my point is that she was very beautiful on the outside, physically and looking looks. But then uh, as I got to know her, she's even more beautiful on the inside. She's the most loving person I've ever met. That's very rare. And he took me on walks and he got to know me. Nobody Mm -hmm. really, really listened to me before. And Noah took the time and uh, knew the inside of me, what and cared about what I thought about, you know, and yeah, that do you think yeah. because you are really beautiful that men just kind of would stop there in your past? Uh, I think that yeah, I had a lot of people attracted to me, but not really. Um, I'm a giver, so I give and give and give, but nobody really gave back to me. And Noah's the fir- very first one. I got. She say. was with a lot of takers. Yeah. I another thing just occurred to me uh, is that it may not have been safe to receive from other people, and Noah created a safety uh, yes. to allow him to give to you and for you to accept it. Right. And well, what's unique about Babette? is because she is so beautiful physically, most times when you have a very beautiful woman, women hate her. You know, women hate that woman because they get jealous. Well, when when women, when Babette walks into a room, she just lights up the whole room. But what's amazing is that women and men fall in love with her. I Everywhere we go, and, and you know, we've been traveling together for more than 10 years now, because even before we got married, we were traveling together. And and then since we've been married, you know, uh, of course, before COVID and so forth. But, you know, we would travel and we'd go into whether, you know, I was speaking at, at a conference, at an event, at a private workshop, wherever I was speaking around the world. And men and women would just gravitate to her and just like fall in love with her instantly. Well, I and and I'd be like... standing going, hey, I wrote all the books. How about me? What am I, chop liver over here? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We want to talk to my vet. I'm like, Son of a... what do I have to do? Jeez. Well, I can fair, speak I from my own experience about that is that Babette really, really, really leads with love. 
So you, she's just so generous. It's like, oh my God, I've never met you before. And I feel like you already love me was like my first experience of you. Right. Well, same with you, Morgana. You're, I, I connected to you just like that when I met you. Mm. So clearly great. You look the same. I love your eyes. You look beautiful and happy. So let's make this more about the audience again. Let's get back. Oh yeah. (laughs) Right, right. We have a show. Okay. What is, what is number two? All right. So we, I'm going to put three and four together. Okay. Okay. Oh, right. We did two. Two is laughter. Three. Okay. So three and four is about comparison. Now everybody says, uh, don't compare yourself to others. I say compare yourself. Because number one, we do it anyway. I mean, social media is that. And so we're always on social media. Right. So here's what I say. Compare, but compare strategically. Meaning if you see a couple or people or whatever, you know, on social media and they're doing something that you want to do, then instead of saying, oh, I'll never have that. Say, how can I have that? Right. How can we do that, honey? Right. So let's say you're. That's what we do. And we do that. You know, so let's say they're visiting Aruba or or. Puerto Rico or whatever the heck. Right. And, and you go, Hey honey, wouldn't, would you like to go to Aruba? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, all right, let's schedule it. Right now. Of course I understand that that's not always applicable, right? You can't always do that, but what I'm saying to you, and that of course, this is what we work with our clients on, right? If that's, if that's a goal you have, well, let's put the plan together to make the goal happen. Right. Because if otherwise it's just a dream, right. And and then, but the worst thing is to let the dream uh, devolve into jealousy and envy. That's the worst sort of comparison, right? So comparison stupidly or non-strategically leads to envy and jealousy. That's what most people do. They don't, know, they don't realize they're doing it. Of course, they're not doing it on purpose. So the point is I'm saying compare, but compare strategically, meaning, hey, I want that too. Honey, what do you think? Would you like to do that? Or would you like one of these? Or would you like to try that? And then, you know, if it goes over, well, fine. All right, then let's put a plan together to do it. Put your plan and get a goal. And if you need help, you know, you can come to people like us. They can go to you, whoever it is. They can get a coach. They can get help for it. You know, we have online courses. We have our couples retreat. We have millionaire habits retreat. Lots and lots of ways to help people reach their goals. But that's what I'm saying is compare, but compare strategically. What I got to say something. What I love about Noah's programs and when we're coaching couples and stuff is that how um, he gets people to actually see inside themselves and also see the beauty in the other person that maybe they first seen back in the day, you know, but bringing it out like COVID. Okay. A lot of people were in the same building, same home, you know, seeing each other 24 seven. And Noah has a way of, um, I mean, we brought a lot of people together so they can see, and even their kids, the family, you know, they became closer because um, seeing the seeing how that person's feeling is what I guess what I want to say. And because you're with mm-hmm. them 24 seven and uh, there's ways mm-hmm. there's unique ways and, and things that you can do to actually bring out the best in somebody instead of being irritated about the little <coughs> things. Right. Exactly. So. So, of course, that leads to another question, and I know we're going to get back to numbers uh, five and six soon. <clears throat> what do you suggest couples do to sort of bring that out, that love back out from each other? Well, it always, it always has to do with what you focus on, right? What you focus on grows. So if you focus on what you hate, guess what you get more of, what you hate. If you focus, on what, annoys, what you focus, if you focus on what annoys you, you get more annoyed. So you got to focus on 
just like when you were starting to date, when you at the beginning of dating, what everything's like magical. Oh my God, this is great. This is great. This is great. This is great. Then you start to live together. And you're like, boy, I wish they'd pick up their socks. <laughs> boy, why do, why do they squeeze the toothpaste from the middle? What kind of an idiot squeezes the toothpaste from the middle? He squeezes it from the end. Right. Exactly. I knew that was I knew that was gonna be one. I did that on purpose. I knew that. You see what I mean? So there you go, right? Why do you have this you see? And you start to focus on the annoyances and you forget all the things that you love. So I mean, and that's just honestly, it's a it's a conscious effort because boy, isn't it easy to get focused on the wrong things. You bring up a, an interesting point of, of being conscious. Mm-hmm. I think personally it's one of the things that is uh, critical to not only to relationships, but living well across the board. Uh, because I think that um, so much of the mistakes, at least if I think about my own history, most of the mistakes I made were almost solely based on me reacting to a thing and right. trying to fix it in sort of like almost a desperate mm-hmm. mode. And I found that sort of that consciousness, the awareness of how is my relationship manifesting today? How am I treating my wife in this moment right now? Uh, Those seem to be the much far and away greater solutions to things than, shall we say, oh, I got to run out and buy flowers to fix it. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Which has never fixed anything ever. But had some flowers after a fight. Right. Flowers after a fight, maybe for two seconds or something like right. that. Um, is there, is that how, how do you use consciousness and, and certainly Babette and Noah, uh, you know, how do you guys work at it? Well, I, I mean, I, I think you said it very well, Devin. And again, what I would just, I, what, what, one of the things we work with our clients on, you know, in the couples retreat and in our, in our online programs is exactly that is becoming conscious, becoming aware. I mean, it's, and we, we use the word focus. It's what you focus on. Well, you focus on gross. It's that it's just that simple. And so if you focus on annoyances, you'll certainly find them. I mean, it's very, very easy to find things that annoy you about the, you know, the best of us, the saints, if you'll forgive the pun, because we are saints. But anyway, uh, you know, oh, that's uh, right. Saint John. <laughs> we are saints. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know what I mean? So it, and so you've got to consciously shift your focus, which it's hard. I mean, it doesn't have to be as, as hard as some people make it, however. Um, I, I, I mean, I like I'm sure we all know couples or individuals who, you know, are always saying to their to either, you know, us as, as counselors, coaches or to their significant other, you know, how come you always this? And, and why don't you ever that? And it's like, well, you know, that some of these things aren't going to change, you know, if they squeeze the toothpaste from the middle, that's probably what they're going to keep doing, you know, they lose the cap and or they lose the cap or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you want to do? You know, what are you going to focus on? So, I mean, that, that to me, that's how we look at, at what you're, what you're using the term consciousness. Oh yeah. And I actually, and that may be why our relationship is happy is that mm-hmm. it feels easy to look at Devin with gushy rose-colored glasses because um, I've been doing it so long that it's just habitual. It doesn't take effort. Right. Um, but it, but I think that is, in the end, what love is, is mm-hmm. a, like a positive bias. That's right. A positive filter when you, when you look at this person that you choose. 
I like what you said, Morgana, because right. Some people have to put on the rose colored colored glasses to see their person again, their partner again, Mm -hmm. and um, the expectations because Noah can't expect me to be Noah and I can't expect Noah to be me, but there's that adapting. You know what I mean? If, if I know that uh, like, for instance, I love, um, after he eats, you know, his meal, or I, I love uh, bringing Noah the the food, you know, at, at the, I'm getting at the dinner table. At the dinner table. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to midlife love. Yes. But, we but what I want to say is make it yeah. easy on him. Right. Mm-hmm. So my kids would come, come and go, why are you taking Noah's plate? You know, this is when we first were together. And I said, because I want to show him that's just a, an act of showing that I appreciate him. So I'll take his plate and get, you know, get rid of the, the dinner plate. Okay. Where, um, not the expecting that he has to do his own and I have to get my own. And, and I don't expect her to do it either. No, he don't. I don't no. say, all right, honey, bring me my dinner now. I mean, that would be aggravating. I mean, that, I, I don't tell, think I would like that. But it's the little you know, things. So I would never do, I don't expect her to do it. And she does it anyway. That's what's yeah. awesome. Because if I were demanding it or expecting it, then she probably wouldn't want to do it so much. But it's it's the t- it's taking the time to do the little things that, you know, right. that would make a b- huge difference, you know? So. No, I, th- I think you bring up an incredibly important point because most of what we're dealing with in our lives are not the huge catastrophes or wonderful celebrations. Most of the stuff that we are dealing with on a daily base, basis is the little things. Mm-hmm. So when we pay attention to small details, that just means there's one fewer thing that she has to worry about today. Right. And it's usually a handful of things, right? Exactly. Um, and no, I don't want to, I don't want to wait on her hand and foot, nor do I expect her to do that for me. But to do little nice things, because I think the important thing, and I always talk about this, mm-hmm. is that I picked her out of everybody, mm-hmm. right? Not to say that I had an avalanche of possible, you know, he, women. He had everybody, everybody. <laughs> well, I, right. I mean, that just look at him. Come on. <laughs> but, the, but the point is, gorgeous, like, Morgana. This is the this is the person that I chose. So from that standpoint, you know, she's sacred. And the more I treat the relationship sacred, the more special and confident she can feel within the relationship where she doesn't have to worry about itty bitty little things. Do you know what I mean? Where if I if I make a mistake, which I'm bound to, she's more likely to overlook it because there's already a longer list of things that I was attempting to Mm. accomplish that serve her during our average day together because i'm gonna mess up right Uh, right i'm gonna say the wrong name (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna do some ridiculous thing that wasn't intended um please forgive me by the way uh (laughs) (laughs) so So, you know i mean so but it's a process right and so sometimes the things i think will make her happy don't necessarily make her happy right and then i have to switch gears to find something that i i think will serve her in a better way to let her know that she's important exactly that's why we're getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries because i just need that depth of reassurance why not right why, why not, not? Well, whatever works Great. <laughs> why not no we're, seriously we're 25 weddings in i don't know i, I get it okay. i get it yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just a thing. So, so are we on to, we had, did we do three and four? 
Yes, we did. Now it's five. Okay. okay, so what's five? So five is something dear, uh, near and dear to my heart uh, because it is something that we call uh, take out your head trash every day. Amazingly, I've written a book called Take Out Your Head Trash about money. And and the link the link to the book will be in the show notes. <laughs> exactly. So it's sendmeabooknoah.com, very easy to remember. But basically your head trash is the voice that says I'm not good enough, right? And so every day we all have to work on taking out that trash that says I'm not enough. In fact, ironically, over 20 years ago, my very first newsletter that I ever sent out when I was in, in my uh, – uh, 300 square foot basement apartment when I started my company, successclinic.com with $800 in a book on HTML. My very first newsletter was called You Are Enough because I realized that most people don't think they're enough. Now you see a lot, a lot of people talking about you are enough. I'm like, dude, I was talking about that two decades ago. So, you know, whatever. Anyway, but my point is now what we talk about and what we teach is getting rid of that head trash, that head trash that says I'm not enough. So that, I mean, I've basically written 15 books on this one subject saying, hey, you are enough, right? But we have to really get that because, I mean, you know, for those of us who had a shitty childhood like I did, you know, that can take a while. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, so many people address so many issues, you know, money, love, health, mm-hmm. career. They're like all doors to the same room. And I think the core issue of everything is that feeling that we're not enough, not Mm -hmm. good enough, not smart enough, not whatever enough. I think that is the core wound of being a human being. So bravo. Thank you. Tuning into that. Well, and that's, like I said, I've basically written all these books because I needed them. (laughs) And of course, a lot of people have said that, you know, they've changed their lives. So anyway, so that's lesson five. So, and lesson uh, uh, six is what I wrote is that marriage is not 50-50, right? You hear this all the time. Well, marriage is 50-50. I'm like, where, where where are you at? What planet are you on, dude? Because everybody, every everybody, I should say, each person in the marriage believe, firmly believes that they do more than the other. Each person firmly believes that they sacrifice more than the other. Each person firmly believes that they work harder than the other. And guess what? They're both right. You know, so I could give you all the arguments of why I work way harder in this relationship than she does. And guess what? She can give you the exact same argument back. And we're both right. So the point is, it's not 50-50. It's 100-100. And just get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, if you're trying to be even, uh, not, forget it. Forget it. You know, scoreboard. so going back to the point about, you know, the dishes, right? I mean, sometimes she doesn't take the, the dish. You know, she's talking on the phone or whatever. I'm like, I don't sit there and go, oh, my God, you didn't take my dish, honey. What is wrong with you today? I go, just take the damn dish. I mean, get, get over yourself, right? You know what I mean? So th- th- this isn't uh, 1950. We got we to gotta kind of roll with the times here. I love that. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's a, a, a great one. And, you know, truthfully, if you're giving 100 percent, if you're really trying within the relationship, I think what's important is there's some days where somebody is depressed or had right. just four right. small things that right. they're just not going to get over for that day or that week or that month. Right. Sometimes somebody gets clinically depressed. Who knows? Right. Somebody's right. parent gets sick or so, there's a right. million things Stuff that happens, can go wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And part of the commitment is my job is to help serve her when that that's that's the better for for better or for worse right, exactly. line, right? Exactly. It's in there for time memorial because that's what's right. bound to happen. There's going to be some nonsense that's going to going to happen. It's going to happen to everybody. So awesome. the more you get used to that idea of just like, okay, I'm here to be of service. Exactly. When the chips don't fall in 
her direction or mine. Hopefully mm-hmm. she'll show up, but she always has. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, part of that is, is the more that you do that, I think the more the other person is going to feel safe, secure, loved, mm-hmm. um, no you know, that they have a team, a team member because there's, you know, dark nights of the soul. Yeah. 100% doesn't look the same every single day. Sometimes right. we have less capacity or more capacity. I, but I love that. I think that's so beautiful to take the scorekeeping and the 50, 50 out of it. I think it's genius. Right. Exactly. Do you want to go to our next lesson since just in the interest of time here? Yeah. Uh, uh, so what I wrote was that our, our next lesson is always speak well of your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and what I said is that, you know, if you ever make a passing remark about your spouse, let's say to a family member or a friend, you know, and you say, oh, he always does blah, 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 or she blah, 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 right? And then guess what? That person will repeat it back to you a million times, right? Remember when she, when you, when she did that to you? And remember when he did that? And, blah, 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 and you're like, I don't even remember that. <laughs> You know, it's like, what? You know, you you got over it, but see, it was your fault. I'm, I'm speaking to, you know, you in general, because you said it, right? So don't do that. Just shut up. Don't say anything to anyone else. And please, for the love of God, don't post on social media. I mean, right. that's idiotic, right? I mean, oh, and my spouse and blah, blah, blah. Now, again, all of these, I get it. I mean, sometimes, like in my case and in her case too, you know, you weren't with the right person, you know, prior to us, we weren't with the right person. So it's certainly, I'm not suggesting that, you know, you just take a bunch of shit. I mean, that's, you see, but it's, it's, I respect the person. it's tough. The point is if you're, if you're in that committed relationship that you know, that you want to be committed to, then don't, don't say it in public. My God, just keep your mouth shut. So that goes back to that focus thing, because yeah. when you put it out in the public, it kind of magnifies it. <laughs> Exactly. Sometimes, especially no with family, out. especially with family. <laughs> if you're talking to your family and, you, you know, you, when we and, you know, we're, I used to be guilty of this. I never do it with her. Um, but she really taught me this lesson because she has never ever said anything bad about me to any family member ever. And I mean, right. there's plenty of stuff that she could have said, you know, <laughs> you know, and she doesn't. She never has never. And my I know she won't. respect him. And also my yes. my family respects him. And they love him because they don't, I keep that out. I mean, if like back in the beginning, you know, things that would irritate me or something, um, because I demand respect for him. Yeah. And I'm the first defender. So. Exactly. Awesome. But I get along so well with Devin's mother. I'm the first partner who has ever really gotten along with his mother. And the reason is. Ever. Oh, that's the capital E. It's <laughs> so easy because oh. all we do is talk about how much we love Devin. Beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. We have that in common. It's beautiful. fun. Well, it's the same with my mother with her. And and here here it is. If I call if I call my mother, here's what it goes like. Hi, mom. Oh, hi, honey. And then Bebe will go on. Hi, uh, hi, Carol. Oh, hi, Bebe. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say something. We that were, was, was that? Did I? When we were I chopped liver again. How did I get chopped liver again? No I wrote all these books. You see this? Oh. I gotta work for a living. When she just shows up, la, la. <laughs> wow, man. But when when we were getting married, and his dad was his best man. <laughs> 
his dad was. Um, she, he went on and on about her, and like I got two sentences. I'm going, wow, man, the crumbs over here again. I get the crumbs again. It was so of a bit. funny. But I mean, I get oh. it. See, it, oh. the point is, it looks still looks good on me because see, I got this. I got this. So ah, I still won. But but also, um, I help them to see the greatness. Exactly. She oh, absolutely that. does that. That's oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So let's see. Moving on. Uh, so our next lesson is um, with speak up when something's bothering you, but do it in private. Okay. So that's, again, what I'm talking about. Exactly this lesson. So these two lessons go together. So again, if, if let's say your, your spouse, your partner does something that, you know, you don't like. Talk about it to the person. Not, not in, in public. That room. Not in public. Right. Don't do it. Just keep your damn mouth shut. And you think that's the easiest thing. It's the hardest thing. Because what's the easiest thing to do is gossip, right? And blah, blah, blah. Because you get that, you know, you get that, uh, that, that, um, that, that immediate sense of, oh, see, oh, poor you or victim or whatever. And everybody loves to play that card. It's the dumbest card to play. And it'll come back to bite you. I promise. And so... She, I definitely learned this from her, is just shut up, keep your mouth shut and <laughs> go in you know, private. But go in private. I mean, if something happens. is bothering you, don't just bottle it up and don't talk about it. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right. I'm saying just don't say it in public. There's a, there's a forum for everything. And that forum is not social media. Well, there is, there is, um, you know, when you talk about um, gossip, you know, when you look at sort of like religion and things like that, every religion has a thing about not gossiping. Like yeah. it's right. forbidden because... At some point, you can't unring the bell. Right. You can't. Un, you can't exactly. undo it. You can't exactly. undo it. That's exactly. You right. can't undo That's it. And and I think it's a really important one to kind of just keep that in mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've had our rows because, well, we're human. Um, exactly. But it's not something that you know you take it to, as you said, social media, etc. I think it's a tough one to overcome for the other person because now it, on top of sort of like hey I, maybe i messed up now you're dealing with sort of like the level of whatever potential humiliation may be piled right. on top of that that's right and it is it's an easy game to play but it's a dumb game to play and, it, and there's no there's no winners there's only well, real losers. quick it's um <clears throat> just like say a husband and wife is we had a, a couple like this a husband and wife is is always bantering and um then they, the, the wife would go and talk to her family, right? And then, oh, we're going to divorce. He call, talks about divorce all the time, all the time. And then when you have a social gathering and they make up, the husband and wife make up, right. the family still remembers what had happened, That's right. right? And then when you go to have the family, it's such, there's, there's the elephant in the room and it's, they've made up, the, the husband and wife made up. But the family will hold that like and and, right. and give the gestures and um, exactly can't forget. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing is to forgive and to forget. You well, know? I, th- I think you can take it to a coach. You know, right. the, the grievances, you take it to a coach, you take it to a therapist, right. you take exactly. it to somebody exactly. who's not emotionally invested. There you go. Not emotionally that's invested right. and not in the outcome of the thing. Right. Exactly. All right, so lesson nine, so we're on lesson nine and 10. All right, so just wrapping it up here. So lesson nine is be open to being wrong because I say it all the time. I love it when I'm wrong because a lot of times when I'm wrong, it means I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm, I'm transforming, I'm becoming a better version of me. So I say it all the time. I love, I love being wrong. Now, you know, there's some things 
that I'm not wrong about, but a lot of times I'm wrong about, for example, head trash, right? Like I think I'm not good enough and she will come in and show me that I can do something that maybe I thought I couldn't do. Maybe I thought I couldn't overcome that fear or whatever it might be. So there are things that it's really great to be wrong about, you know, that I couldn't do something or I'm not good enough, et cetera. So be open to those types of being wrong and, and, you know, and acknowledge when someone's doing it right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Catch people doing things right. Mm-hmm. And then our final lesson is really to ask better questions, which, of course, you knew I had to include that because <laughs> one of the things I have been teaching for many years is affirmations. My affirmations, which we've already mentioned here on this program, you can go to affirmations.com and learn about how to ask empowering questions, which is my affirmations method. Um, but the point is about asking questions that, you know, that elicit better answers, right? Instead of why am I so dumb? You know, why am I enough? And so the point is the questions that can help you see yourself better, help you see your partner better, help you see your spouse better, help you see your world better. Um, These are the questions that have changed people's lives, changed our clients' lives over the last two decades. Um, I could give you so many stories from people who have overcome addiction, who have not committed suicide, who've not gotten a divorce. We had a couple in Germany that wrote to me years ago and they said, we were about to get a divorce. We had the divorce papers on the desk ready to be signed. You can't get any closer to divorce than the papers are there ready to be signed. And somehow the husband heard about me on a program, heard about me on the radio or on YouTube or whatever it might be, found my affirmations method, taught it to his wife, you know, shared it with her. And they started a forming using my affirmations method they made up, they tore up the divorce papers. Now they're best friends. This was years ago. But so, I mean, literally, I mean, that's just one example of, of yeah. thousands. So the point is about asking better questions. Is it, I, I mean, I do argue. Okay. That, I, I, go ahead. Because we're kind of out of time, but I yeah. do have one really good question for you. Yeah. Why is midlife love better? Well, I mean, there's, it just goes back to that old saying, youth is wasted on the young. And I know it was for me. Uh, I'd love to get in a time machine and go back and tell my younger self, dude, I mean, just hang in there, man. You're going to get something pretty awesome. So, uh, but yeah, no, it sucked. My, my youth was awful. Uh, so that's why midlife love is, is the best because you're just smarter and, and you got more seasoning under your belt. (laughs) (laughs) This was so much fun. I would love to talk with the two of you forever. It's sort of like a a, a double date which we'll have to do at some point uh, that would if <laughs> you're ever in this way we'd love to have you come over uh well i as i said i have family so yeah. i'll let you know okay so, that's great thank I'm you over. so much thank you for listening to crazy sexy midlife love Please sign up to join our free love family at CrazySexyMidlifeLove.com to get alerts to live shows, call in and ask questions, or just listen in. And ladies, don't forget to download Devin's free ebook, Women Are Smarter Than Men and Other Secrets Marriage-Minded Women Need to Know. Also available at CrazySexyMidlifeLove.com.